0: Good afternoon, folks. It's that time again, time for the elephant in the room here on WJAS 1320 AM and 99.1 FM Talk. This is your host, Sam DeMarco, on this cold and blustery January Saturday. But we're here today joined in studio by our usual folks, you know, my trusty executive director, John Schnader, best executive director in the entire Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and, and our fantastic producer, Dazzling Dandy Daryl Grandy. I kind of want to know what the criteria was and what the competition was to make sure that John, who I wholeheartedly agree, is the best executive director. Thank you. Because all the different counties have Republican Party committees. And was there like an Olympics? Was there a, a some sort of a, a contest, beer pong, something? What what were we doing? How how do we determine John was the best of all the executive directors of Republican committees? Before? Well, I can tell Dallas. you that that choice was entirely subjective. Sure, but I think your idea is phenomenal. We, we need to have an executive director Olympics, right? You know, right? I mean, I, I, I don't here. know how I don't know how special it would be, but but hey, you know, I think we should have it. You know, maybe uh, let's see. Uh, sure. I'll, Uh, A speed race, how fast they can do a newsletter. Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) You know? Blast email, newsletter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Oh, oh. door knocking campaigns. We have some great ideas. So, hey, folks, you can hear, we are already off to a great start in the new year here. And and like I said, this cold January day, the day before the Pittsburgh Steelers play the Buffalo Bills up in Buffalo here. And, you know, we're going to find out what happens uh, tomorrow, but hopefully... Hopefully, the Steelers are going to come through. Mason Rudolph is going to continue that hot streak he has and lead the Steelers to victory, and that they can move forward into the playoffs. But, folks, got to get back to what this show is all about, and that's talking politics and current events. And we are joined here in the studio today. It is my pleasure (laughs) because we have special guests here. Now, you guys know that I was a Marine, served in the Marine Corps back in uh, 1976 to 1980, and you know that we've had Jim Roddy on the show. Jim Roddy, a mentor of mine, former first Allegheny County executive. You know, um, he's former chairman of the Republican Committee of Allegheny County, but Jim was also a Marine. And you've also heard from Devlin Robinson, state senator for the 37th state senatorial district. Uh, Devlin was a a 0311, an infantry rifleman in the Marine Corps, uh, three combat tours. Two in Iraq, one in Afghanistan. And he's now our current state senator and uh, doing a phenomenal job. He's up for election this year, and we are going to get behind him and reelect him. But we got another Marine here today, a a good friend of mine, and that's mayor of Slippery Rock. That's John David Longo. J.D., welcome to the show.
1: Sam, thank you very much for having me, sir. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here with you, and let me just say, too, Semper Fi. Semper Fi, uh, my friend. It's uh, good, good always to be in the presence of fellow Marines, and I'm um, glad that we could uh, you know, carry on that standard of excellence uh, outside of the Marine Corps in, in serving our communities and in, in politics.
0: Hey, hoorah, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know what? There, there's a lot of Marines that have served I mean, uh, Greg Rothman. Who's oh, yeah. also currently serves in the state senate as a, former, as a Marine as well. But, hey, if we tell I want to tell the folks a little bit about J.D. Uh, you know, J.D., after graduating from Beaver Area High School in 2008, he enlisted in the United States Marine Corps as an infantry rifleman. As a Marine, he deployed to Afghanistan in support of Operation Enduring Freedom and the global war on terror, and in Latvia – in support of Operation Saber Strike. Now, in 2013, John David came back here. He moved and bought his first home in downtown Slippery Rock, where he enrolled at Slippery Rock University. He graduated from Slippery Rock with a bachelor's degree in history in 2015 and was the recipient of the Dr. Mark... Meraz Memorial Scholarship for Secondary Education. He also graduated with a master's degree in Secondary Education Social Studies in 2017. It was during his time as graduate student that J.D. sought to serve his community as mayor and would go on to become the youngest mayor in Slippery Rock's history. Now, Mayor Longo serves not just Slippery Rock, Oh, he also serves on Slippery Rock Area Parks and Recreation Board of Directors as secretary, is a member of the Butler County Alliance for Children's Board of Directors, and is secretary of the Butler County GOP. Living out his motto, service over self, J.D. donates 100% of his mayoral salary to Slippery Rock area charities and nonprofits. He dedicates his time and energy to serving the citizens of Slippery Rock and promoting the community's interest, and we couldn't be prouder and happier to have him joining us as a guest here on the show. So, hey, J.D., I mean, you are awful young to have all these accomplishments behind you, but, you know, you are really, I mean, you epitomize what public service is all about. I mean, service in the Marine Corps, Service for your country, service for your community. I mean, so uh, you know, uh, uh, tell us what what has motivated you, you know, to try to do so much at such a young age. Thank
1: you, Sam. I appreciate the kind words, and um, I get this question a lot. And I certainly get it uh, uh, from a lot of young people, you know, being the mayor of a college town, I get the opportunity to engage with a lot of young people. Mm -hmm. And they ask me those kinds of questions, you know, how can I uh, get started on a path like that? And I think first and foremost, I would be remiss if I didn't say and just remind everyone that, uh, you know, when you join our military, uh, you become a soldier, a sailor, marine, an airman. Um, you uh, raise your right hand, uh, and you take an oath before God and your fellow man to support, protect, and defend our Constitution um, against, against all, all enemies. enemies for- foreign and domestic. That's right, right, foreign and domestic. That's a really important piece mm-hmm. of that, too. You know, And I think that uh, something that's really difficult for veterans, um, whenever you're transitioning out of uh, uh, an institution like the Marine Corps Infantry, specifically, too, right. um, and you're moving into the civilian world, a lot of us struggle with having a sense of purpose outside of the military, outside of the Marine Corps infantry. You go from affecting change on a global scale, being involved in events that are gonna be recorded in the annals of history, Mm -hmm. to uh, finding yourself in a place like, you know, a college town uh, uh, in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. And you say to yourself, what is it that I'm doing with my life and how can I continue to affect positive change on a scale like that? And what I settled on as a homeowner uh, somebody who's mm-hmm. paying taxes, somebody who's got my finger on the uh, on the pulse, so to speak, and paying attention to things. Uh, I saw a uh, what I perceived was a vacuum uh, of leadership there. You know, there were some opportunities for improvement. I wasn't uh, really pleased with what was going on as far as what constituent services looked like mm-hmm. uh, for the taxes that we were paying, and I thought, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, take this as an opportunity to uh, take on that service. I I think I found an opportunity to serve outside of the military service. And so um, that's one of those things that motivates me. And I have to say, too, that as the son of immigrants, you know, my my father came here in 1989 from the south of Italy with with lint in his pockets. I like to say that um, Mm -hmm. not as a uh, 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 just... You know, a stereotype of the poor Italian immigrant, but, but quite literally, my father came here, didn't speak the language, had nothing to his name, um, and he made a way for himself in this great country. My mother's family came here at the turn of the 20th century. Likewise, again, uh, with lint in their pockets, they made a way, um, and here I am today. Uh, you know, I, I finished two degrees. I'm a homeowner. I'm a I'm a United States Marine. I'm, I'm in public service as the mayor of a of a small town in in, in Western Pennsylvania. Um, and I'm working on uh, on another master's as well. And I just stop and take a look at all of the opportunities I've had in my life. And I say, where else but the United States of America could the son of impoverished immigrants find himself uh, in these in these uh, uh, positions to accept these great blessings and take uh, advantage of all of the mm-hmm. opportunities we have in this country. And so those are the things that motivate me, Sam. When you ask me, how is it that you, you got here? Um, I remember that, you know, that, that there are folks who have it a lot worse than us. And um, I owe it to everybody who came before me uh, to make sure that I'm, I'm uh, not squandering the blessings that they have offered to me.
0: Well, I can tell you that your, your, your personal attitude is so inspiring. Thank you. Okay, uh, especially as I talk to you know younger folks today, and I've told many folks uh, that I think you're a rising star, you know, in the Republican Party, and uh, you know, you talked about you saw a void there, and that's why you decided to run for mayor. I think when you look at many of the problems we face, not just here locally in our communities or across this country, it boils down to a lack of leadership. Certainly, you know, and and, and you're taking the experience that you gained in the Marine Corps, you know the. And, and, and what you were taught and turning those into tools that you were able to take and put in place or in effect in your role as the mayor there, I think that's just you know absolutely fantastic. Now, folks, I also want to share with you, um, you guys know on Allegheny County Council back last month in December, we defeated an attempt by someone council to take and get rid of Columbus Day, which celebrates Italian-Americans, and change it to Indigenous Peoples Day. I can tell you the JD played a very large and constructive role in that, you know, submitting uh, testimony to members of county council and helping give me the opportunity, you know, with uh, inspiring dialogue to be able to take and win the votes necessary to defeat that. And I think it's important, I mean, folks. You know, again, too many of these folks out there when we were talking about Columbus Day, they're trying to take and project our, our 21st century values on a 15th century explorer. Okay, we can't do that. We have to judge people you know by the principles and values that were in place in their time right you know w- what are folks in the 23rd century going to think about us <laughs> okay so i i can't thank you enough for your help and i want to let folks know who you know appreciated what we did standing up for italian americans in our community i mean you know uh what was amazing What was amazing is so many of the folks on the other side just didn't even understand how columbus day came about you know yes and it's really important and and, and first let me stop here sam to per-
1: personally thank you um, for all the good that you have done over the years um, and especially in a place like Allegheny County where I understand that conservative values and principles are very difficult to defend uh, it seems like you're facing a, an overwhelming tide um, oftentimes so thank you for standing firm and, and as an Italian American a fellow Italian American thank you for defending you. our heritage um, and that brings us of course to to this idea of the the whole reason behind the uh, recognition of Columbus Day as a nationally recognized and celebrated holiday you know it was very important important. important, whenever Italian-Americans were coming to this country, uh, that they give, uh, excuse me, rather be given or be afforded an opportunity to be counted as equals Mm -hmm. uh, with their their, uh, other American um, uh, neighbors. And Unfortunately, as you know, that was not always the case, and and that wasn't the case for many um, people who have been considered part of the other group. You know, of course, we understand the plights of the African American community and the things that the horrible things that they were subjected to. Mm-hmm. The Irish community, look at the Eastern European community. You have uh, the Asian uh, community, absolutely,
0: and, and Italian Americans as well. Right. I think every community, I don't want to say has had their time in the fish barrel, but every community has had their challenge. Voiced it upon them when they came to this country, Certainly. you know, as they tried to assimilate and become, right. you know, a key uh, constituency here. Yes, and and
1: uh, I think what's most important about Columbus Day is that it's not just you know for the sake of putting up a, an Italian um, in our our national. Heritage or our national mm-hmm. uh, narrative, but uh, it's really important to remember that Columbus Day became important to us because it came on the heels of the largest mass lynching in American history. It was perpetrated against Italians and Americans of Italian descent by a mob of people in New Orleans yep. who uh, just singled out and stereotypically, right? They looked at, at uh, Italians who were darker in complexion, mm-hmm. uh, Catholic, in a, a overwhelming Protestant community, and said, "This is the enemy. These are the outsiders." Uh, and uh, it was so profound and sent shockwaves so much so uh, through the world that uh, for a moment there was even a great tension between uh, Italy and the United mm-hmm. States. And, you know, the Pope was 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 uh, aware of this as well. So, um, you know, kudos to our leaders at the time who said, "How is it that we can bring uh, the Italian narrative into the American narrative?" Uh, and what a great way to do that through the the success of Columbus' great and brave voyage. Uh, mm-hmm. And although it was an accident, of course, we understand that he found this place for Western civilization. And there would not be a United States of America today uh, had Christopher Columbus not made that voyage.
0: No, a- absolutely. And I'm so happy that President Harrison recognized that back in 1892, you know, a year after that lynching. Right. Okay, to create this day and give Italians something to be proud of. And, and, and I think Allegheny County Council in our debate, I think, showed a way forward. For many of the folks in this country is they look at some of these contentious discussions and debates that we have today because, you know, it, they recognize that, hey, if we want to celebrate, if you want to celebrate indigenous people or anybody else, you can do so by adding a day and, right. you know, recognizing and celebrating these folks. You don't have to tear down someone else exactly to do it. And that's why when we look at what's happening in our culture today where you have folks trying to tear down statues, you know, the statues, maybe they call them Confederate statues, these statues were not raised to these men, you know, based upon that. They were raised or, or on their faults, okay, or their flaws. These statues were built to celebrate them for their accomplishments, you know. And I try to tell our folks on console is that, you know, while our history has not been perfect and our country is with, not without flaws, we are still the greatest country that has ever graced the face of this earth, okay? Amen. And it's important for us as we continue this grand experiment and we work towards trying to get better that we don't forget where we come from and that we don't forget the mistakes that we've made in the past. And that's why this whole erasing history thing is just something that just uh, upsets me to no end right. and, you know, drives me crazy. And, you know, again, hey, I was a barroom a Marine Construction worker, power lifter, barroom bouncer, and sometimes I forget that I have to be a congenial politician. Okay, <laughs> you know sometimes uh, you know you just want to.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's
0: the back of my hand, folks, that you heard right there. But,
1: but well, can't a quick do Google that. Of, of of me and my time in, in office, you know, this is my seventh year, Sam. and okay. Um, you'll find that I've had a lot of those those moments. Um, <laughs> and maybe that's what separates us as Marines. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about you, but I've certainly had a, uh some trouble, uh, you know, bringing those two two uh, parts of me together, you know. Yes. You have the Marine Corps infantrymen, and then of course right. you have the individual who's uh, uh, supposed to smile and and uh, and shake right. hands, you know, right. and, and bring people together. But uh, uh, you have to take that
0: stand. Sometime. Yeah, we're, we're we're torn between the biblical phrase <laughs> "turn the other cheek" and General Matt is saying, "Have a plan to kill everyone you meet." Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yes, it's it's. Boy, what a what a contradiction in terms there! But JD, one of the things I want to talk about here is you know n- not just uh, how young you are, your accomplishments, and things like this, but you hit on something that's very important. Is we in the Republican Party, we with conservative values, okay, seek to be able to gain inroads, mm. you know, with our younger voters and population. I mean, here you are, the mayor of a college town. I mean, you actually teach, you know, some courses, okay? Um, help me understand what you think. We can do, you know, and, and I mean, we've always seen. Look, when we were growing up, and we were in our teenage years, many of us, you know, we were at loggerheads with our parents, right? Yeah, exactly. you know, we knew everything; they didn't mm-hmm. know anything. Okay, um, and and you know, here I am. I'm in my my mid sixties. Okay, so even though I try to represent the Republican Party, and I go out and I speak at so many events and and talk to so many folks, you know, I don't know if I know today how to connect or how to talk to somebody about. Things or issues that concern them, you know, and would resonate with them. So help us understand what you believe we need to do or what you think would be effective in helping win these folks to our cause. Yes,
1: sir. You know, let me start with by saying that I think that this will probably resonate with you. You know, any of us who have grown up in a traditional household, Mm -hmm. um, being young, you know, you are supposed to give respect and deference always, and to the utmost, uh, to your elders, especially to your parents and your grandparents. And oftentimes it used to be uh, much of a, uh, uh, you should be seen but not heard type mm-hmm. of situation. And and I certainly understand that, you know, when I was running for mayor, I was 27 years old. Uh, and despite me being a homeowner, despite me uh, having gone to Afghanistan and being a combat veteran of the, of the Marines, uh, and despite me having already finished my first degree and, and being only months out from finishing my second, I was still looked at, as a young man, uh, youthful, uh, perhaps naive, not a lot of experience, which I understood. Uh, so whenever I was going door knocking, I was talking with people and and um, you know trying to uh, uh, win their support. I explained that I'm the kind of individual who likes to bring the energy of youth and the optimism of youth to the table, but that that youth. And that energy, that optimism uh, needs to be tempered by wisdom and that young people should always do well to seek out those among us who have more experience under their belt. So that's what's really important uh, here as young people in the party to understand. Uh, With that being said, growing up in traditional household and always being Uh, made to be seen and not heard it can be frustrating sometimes i can tell you just give you a personal anecdote through the 2020 uh election cycle you know it was a very contentious cycle obviously you know everybody Mm -hmm. lived through it you'll remember it trust me
0: i had death threats (laughs) yeah you know i'm on the board of elections here and uh you know i took a week off of work to be down at that warehouse to try to make sure right things were being done properly. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah. So you remember it well. You were in the thick of it. And I was in the thick of it in a college town like Slippery Rock. Uh, I was also uh, honored to have been serving as the secretary of the Butler County Republican Committee at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a, that was a great experience. Um, but I can tell you that it was very difficult trying to sell the rest of the committee uh, when we were talking about having three locations across the county for voter registration and uh, fundraising, et cetera, that they should invest in an office space In downtown Slippery Rock. The thing that always came up was why would we go there? Those are young people in college. They're not going to vote for us. They're going to vote Democrat. You know, these are liberal left leaning individuals. But what I found and what we ended up finding was our office in Slippery Rock. By the way, I ended up winning that argument Mm -hmm. and we did it. And thank goodness. uh, That office not only registered the most voters of any of the Butler County offices, but also raised the the most money. And recruited wow. the most volunteers. So I think that there was a lesson to be learned there. And that is that young people are paying attention. Oftentimes, conservatives on college campuses are what I like to call closeted conservatives. They're a little bit scared to speak up because, you know, professors are going to. In fact, I believe it or not, I failed public speaking. My professor failed me at public speaking. Wow! Yeah, that's a, a, a fun uh, story. I'll tell you another time. But, um, you know, I've never had a, uh, any problem speaking. You want me, to
0: go up gr- want me to go up and talk to him? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: you like, know? You know, I know, mean, I still
0: haven't <laughs> forgotten how my bounce <laughs> Right, <days>. right. <laughs> you know?
1: I, I think we've proven our point, you know, seven yes. years in office. Yes. And yes. I opened yes. up for the president, yes. by the way, in, in, yes. in October of 2020. But, you know, my point remains is, uh, you know, those young people were there. Um, we need to give them an outlet. Um, to not just be seen, but to also be heard. And what better way than to go in and meet them where they are at? Right. And a way that you can do that, Sam, and, and you're a great speaker, by the way, and you have uh, an amazing ability of uh, being able to connect with people wherever you go. Um, Thank you. Young young or or uh, wise, we'll say. We'll use that <laughs> word instead of old. Um <laughs> But uh, it it would hear that Daryl, you're wise, (laughs) (laughs) and I mean that with love and respect. Um, You know, but it would behoove us to send uh, some younger faces into these situations on behalf of the party. You know, you can find uh, those young leaders who have the ability to connect with folks like you do, and give them an opportunity. And more so than that, we need to stop just reaching out to young people. I'm not saying that you do this, Sam, or that anybody here does, Mm -hmm. um, but I've seen this too. We reach out to young people when we want their energy for volunteering. We don't reach out to young people very often when we're looking for uh, people to fill leadership roles. And what better way to mentor the youth and pass the standard on from wise to young than to uh, start them in those, um, what we'll call you know, the lower ranking Uh, leadership positions as members of of the Republican committee um, or even as, uh, uh, say, town council members, uh, township supervisors, school board members. You know, these are positions where we can really start to mold these individuals into uh, uh, a leadership role uh, and give the party uh, the bright future it deserves with the youth and their energy.
0: Let me stop you for a second here because I I couldn't agree more with you. We've always felt stymied here. You know, when I came in as the chair, I decided that I wanted to be able to integrate the college Republicans with the young Republicans and with the party because we're all on the same team, right? And I believe the more people we can get in the boat rowing in the same direction, the better off we'll be. But we've never been able to make That consistent connection—it's been a hit and miss because you know you have kids that graduate every year, right? And then they move on and the whole bit. And then many times also, many of the kids that are students are from out of town, Mm -hmm. you know. So after the you know they they take their finals in the spring, they're gone, right? You know, and then a new class comes in in September, and Mm -hmm. then they have to organize and get started. But I think uh, we're going to take that on, Uh, John. I think that's a, a great thing for us to do, and for any of our listeners out there. If you're a member of the College Republicans or young Republicans or Turning Point USA at any of our local universities, please reach out to us at allegheny.gop. That's allegheny.gop and you could submit a comment to us there with your contact information. We'll get back to you because we'd love to have you you know as part of our organization. We'll also take and uh, you know you can include you in our Lincoln Day dinner and all these other things that we do because again hey uh, we're all we're all in this together you folks are our future and you know uh, contrary to what some may believe we're not trying to screw it up for you we're actually trying to to save it for you okay so uh, give us a call or at 412 458 0068 or again go to the website at allegheny.gop so i just wanted to get that in there because it's a great idea and you're right and i think i mean we have to recognize that uh you know young people have to understand that you know we have experience lived experience as well or wisdom but it doesn't mean we're always right and we have to recognize that young people although maybe not having lived that long aren't always wrong Mm -hmm. okay and i think we have to be respectful of each other and we have to listen to those folks and uh you know have to you know, find a way to be able to discuss the things that are important to all of us. Mm -hmm. Because really, that's been the secret of the Democrat Party. I mean, they have a loose constituency of these different groups, whether it be labor, whether it be LGBTQ, Mm -hmm. whether it be the black community, whether it be the environmentalists, okay, and they are able to speak to all of them to bring them to the table to vote for their candidates and put them in office, Right. okay? One of the problems we've always experienced here in the Republican Party, at least as I've been involved, is the need for some to try to force others to take a purity test. Right. That if you don't agree with me on everything, well then you're a rhino, you oh, know? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've been called many, many things. You know, you call, call me a rhino, that's fine. I, I think I fit more as a hippo, yes, okay? Because hippos are dangerous, <laughs> right? <laughs> just ask Herb Olinger, our treasurer, and he'll tell oh, you, my. okay? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I just uh, I don't know here. I mean, it's it, it, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think we as Marines, we look forward the challenges. Definitely, definitely. We live for the fight. Yes. Uh, you
1: know, and thank goodness that we're, we're in a righteous fight, Sam. Yep. You know, we did that as Marines, and we're doing that today and trying to carry the standard uh, of conservatism and uh, pure American uh, exceptionalism, uh, you know, through the, the political realm, you know. And, and there's something uh, else here that I, I want to touch on real quick too, Sam. You know, when, when you talk about uh, trying to connect with young people, take a look at the economy. Who more than young people is going to be negatively affected by the failed ultra left-leaning liberal policies that have gotten us into this financial mess, right? That's what I look at. Um, You know, I'm blessed um, to be able to uh, not have to worry about a roof over my head or where my next meal is coming from. For young people who are just getting started, you know, let's say you just finished your degree, good luck trying to find a job uh, that's going to give you an opportunity to make a living where uh, you can m- you know, make rent or pay a mortgage and then also uh, uh, feed yourself well and have a reliable car and what have you. And, and what more than that can we use to say that it's not the Democrat Party that's the big tent party. It's the Republican Party that is exactly. the big tent party because uh, let's face it, the economy affects everyone. And what better way to uh, help bolster uh, individual liberty and freedom than by putting money in the pockets of everybody and especially young people so that they they can uh, afford the things that they need uh, and do the things they want to
0: do. You're spot on. I want you to hold that thought because we're going to talk about it right after the break. Folks, we're going to have to take a break here on The Elephant in the Room. I'm here joined in studio by Mayor John David Longo, the mayor of Slippery Rock and a rising Republican star. Uh, You're listening to The Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM. We'll be right back. Folks, welcome back to The Elephant in the Room here on WJAS 1320 AM. Uh, we're joined in studio today by Slippery Rock Mayor John David Longo. And we were talking earlier in the first segment about, you know, how can we connect with younger voters? And, and, and J.D., as the mayor of Slippery Rock, a college town, was expressing about how difficult it is as a young person, you know, to really get started today. Mm. You know, and and I think, you know, you were spot on, J.D. When you talk about, you look at things. If you're a kid just starting out, if you want to go to college, the costs are just completely out of sight, mm. Okay. If you want to take and buy a home, it's almost impossible with interest rates, you know, three times what they were, two to three times right. what they were in the past past few years. They're the highest they've been in a quarter century. Sure. Okay. Uh, inflation is out of control. Try to buy a car. Yes. Your cars today are costing as much as houses cost, you know, a number of years ago. So <clears throat> there are some significant challenges. And I think it's an opportunity for Republicans, but. <laughs> We're not, I don't think we're stepping up to do what we need to do. And I'll give you an example. The Democrats and President Biden is coming out. I saw something uh, the other day talking about another student loan bailout or loan forgiveness thing. Okay. Uh, To me, that's an opportunity for Republicans. Okay. Number one, he can't do it. He doesn't have the authority, it's unconstitutional. But he's going to throw that out there as like a carrot. Yes. You know, in front of the faces of the kids in college today is something that would attract them to vote for him or for Mm -hmm. the Democrat Party. But where I believe Republicans are, are missing the boat here, J.D., is we should be taking and carrying the torch and taking and investigating and trying to reduce the cost of higher education, period. Right. You know, knocking $10,000 off a student loan doesn't change the cost of higher education for the kids coming next year and the year after that and the year after that. Absolutely right. It doesn't yeah. fix or address the problem mm-hmm. of the high cost of higher education. And I don't see enough Republicans doing that. If If, mm-hmm. if, if it were me and I had the choice I'd have Congress calling you know these folks up on the to the hill just like they did in regards to the anti-semitism that was right. displayed on campus mm-hmm. and asking the folks at Harvard and MIT and these other universities why does a college education cost so much mm-hmm. you know why does it cost so much to go to Harvard when you're sitting on an endowment of 50 plus billion dollars right 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 and, you know Pitt has an endowment of I I knew it was like 5.3 5.4 that was a couple of years ago mm-hmm. I don't know what it is now right so, and, and we need to give kids options. I mean, we recognize, I mean, you look at Elon Musk, you look at Bill Gates, you look at Steve Jobs, you look at many of these people that didn't get a college degree. Right, right. But were extremely successful in life going on to become some of the richest people in the face of the planet. Sure. Okay? <clears throat> so, uh, you know, uh, what are the other alternatives? I and mean, we know you can go into building trades. Absolutely. You can get a great job. You can make a great living with family sustaining wages. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and, and no student debt, right? You have the ability to take in. Uh, I, I would think we would want to advocate for certificate programs and things like that. Certainly, you know, if you want to get involved in IT, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just this. I'm just I just think there's there there are opportunities here. Hmm. You bring up a great, we're not
1: addressing yeah you bring up a great point Sam I mean look at the trades yeah. the trades are suffering and uh, you know shame on us as a society for uh, convincing every young person that a four-year traditional uh, college setting and degree is what you must do uh, when there are all of these trades that are that are begging mm-hmm. uh, for for good people to come in and and you know let me let me take this opportunity to say too uh, you want to talk about uh, which party is for the working class not only are the trades suffering uh, because uh, the left has, has helped us uh, take on this idea that you have to go and get a four-year degree in gender studies or basket weaving, but they're also attacking um, those very jobs that the trades uh, are relying upon. I mean, look at the attack that the left has been uh, waging on our energy sector here in Pennsylvania. Think about how many great tradesmen have lost a job or how many great tradesmen could find a job if we were to invest in uh, in something here and, uh, of course, bring down the the price of oil and gas that would affect everybody in a positive manner. You know, these are the things that um, certainly I think that we should be worrying about. And and I want to touch on something else that you just Mm -hmm. said too, you know, it's one thing for these private institutions uh, to have these large endowments and be sitting on these these great chunks of money. Uh, and God bless them. You know, if, if if you have that kind of money and that kind of prestige and you want to charge a million dollars for a degree, that's fine. But let's talk about these public institutions that take millions of dollars of public tax dollars mm-hmm. and every year come back to our state legislature with an open hand and say, we need more money. You're not funding us enough. Right. At what point are Republican leaders in our state legislature going to say, and I know that there are some that have done this but when are we going to make a united front and say you know what there is no businessman on the earth that exists to lose money or would run their business this way why are you running your business this way and what can we do to start to cut costs so that we can uh, bring the price down for consumers you know the mm-hmm. students right and for their parents who uh, god bless them if they're able to are, are helping to provide support to their their uh, young members of their families to get a, a college education when are we going to start having that conversation you know and, and let me say as an educator and and say that I understand the need to invest in our students and in our future as a nation. Of course, education is important. uh, But when I see tax dollars going to some things um, that, quite frankly, are absolutely ridiculous, I mean, look at some research projects. Go and and look at some grants for research sometimes and take a look. Yeah, shrimp
0: on a treadmill and things of
1: that nature. That's just absolutely. Or how about these uh, social justice initiatives? You know, are we worried about... Uh, creating a educated workforce, an educated workforce that's going to go out and do good for our nation? Or are we worried about making sure that we're not offending somebody um, because we you know, didn't uh, uh, put our right foot forward when we should have put our left foot forward, right? These are the things that, that we're wasting money on. And I can't believe some of these institutions have the gall to come and ask for more money when they're spending money on those kinds of things. Well,
0: and this goes back to one of the concerns, okay? You have, like, a, let's talk about the state schools. I mean, you know, Pitt gets... Uh, you know, a hundred and some million dollars a year, Penn State gets two hundred and some million dollars a year, Temple gets, you know, X, uh and I get it. And they come back all the time and they say, Well, this is so we can keep tuition low for the kids. And yet tuition continues to go up. Yeah. Okay. Um, look, I understand that if it's a state school, you know, that there's gonna be some sort of commitment there. But there also has to be commitment with accountability. Mm-hmm okay and there doesn't seem to be any accountability on how they spend their money and i'll use in a perfect example let's look at this whole dei oh, thing yeah. and the amount of administrators that are hired and employed by these universities okay which to your point they're not teaching kids how to critically think they're not mm. teaching kids how to be better workers better citizens you know they're actually Teaching them the opposite, they're teaching them to hate America. They're teaching them right. that based upon the color of your skin, mm. you know, you're either an oppressor or or, an, or oppressed. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and we're finding that. Yeah, shame on us. Okay, so you know, there there, there absolutely is opportunity for conversation and discussion, and, and, and I agree. Um, but you have what? Well, here's one thing you have. I participated in a date, and excuse me, in a date, in a debate at the uh, Pennsylvania GOP when we were talking about this when uh, last year when the topic of funding came up and there was some folks who wanted to pass the resolution against you know, funding the universities here, is what they do is you had like former Chancellor Pat Gallagher mm-hmm. from the University of Pittsburgh. And I like former Chancellor Gallagher. He was a good guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like. But you know, they send out emails right. to the entire university. It goes in the newsletter. It goes out to all the parents that the Republicans mm-hmm. in the yeah. legislature are looking to hold back or hold up their funding. You know what I mean? I mean, so you have, and I try to explain to these folks. I said, "Guys, it's not just the school today; it's all of their alumni. Mm. It's all of their families of the students. It's all you know, all these folks, and they turn you right. against you, folks." So, I mean, we uh, we really, really need to do a much better job. And but here's the thing, and and I caution our listeners out there who you know are Republicans or are conservatives here. Uh, when I talk about our need to do a better job, we absolutely do. Okay. But I think what you need to do is use positive encouragement and constructive criticism when you talk to your legislators, okay? Because they're not miracle workers. You know, in this Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, we only control the Senate and only by a couple votes. Democrats control the House and Democrats control the governor's mansion. Just like in Washington, D.C., you know, the Democrats control the Senate and they control the White House. We have like a two-seat majority in the House. We can't do miracles. Right. You know, and one of the things that I see that's dismaying here is I try to build a party. Is so many on our side that are tearing down our party because they don't like the results they've gotten to date. Sure. sure okay. Sure. I can I can understand that, mm-hmm. and I can support that, but I think you know I think it's just you want to be part of the solution. Otherwise, you're part of the problem. Bingo. Okay? So let's focus our energy. Mm-hmm on A, electing the right people, B, making it politically profitable for even the wrong people to do the right thing, you know? And C, try to move this country in a a positive direction, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, trying to tear down I mean, listen, we have enough problems with the opposition. Right. You know, we don't need to take the incoming fire, or friendly fire, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, from our own our own folks. I'm glad you
1: brought this up, uh, Sam. It is a problem that, that uh, we see in our party. Of course, I see it in Butler County. I know you see it here in mm-hmm. Allegheny. In fact, I, I've heard from other uh, committee members across the Commonwealth that this is an issue. Um, we are too busy fighting one another mm-hmm. um, when there is uh, an enemy at the gates that's um, uh Well, I was going to say they're waiting to get in, but they're already in. Yes. Right? And um, I'm glad that you said this because I was just uh, speaking with a a member of the state legislature, and we were talking a little bit about this. And— you know, I understand for as many gripes as we might have as a party, uh, I do understand that it has to be so in- incredibly difficult uh, trying to get things done and deliver for your conservative constituents when you have a Democrat governor, a Democrat Supreme Court, Democrat uh, high-ranking judges, Democrat members of the House, Democrat, Senate, Democrat senators on the federal level, the list goes on, that are always there to uh, put a roadblock in front of you. And you know, sometimes as conservatives, especially when we're down, we need to worry about just living to fight another day. And sometimes that means uh, making uh, some compromises. Now, on the really important issues, right? On our core values as conservatives, we will never compromise, right. of course, right? right? However, there are some things um, where, you know, politically speaking, um, we do need to make sure that we understand that our legislators, uh, as much as they they want to, that sometimes their hands are tied. Um, And so I do give them a lot of kudos uh, for navigating this difficult time. And my hope is that uh, through 2024, we can mobilize our base and and motivate Republican voters. And let me say this to those of you listening who are in the camp of, well, I'm not going to vote because my vote doesn't matter. The very bare minimum that we need from this party and our members, our neighbors, our friends, our family members is to get to the polls, or if you can't, Let's take advantage of the tools that are there for us right now. I know a lot of us don't enjoy no-excuse mail-in voting. I'm not a fan either. However, it's not going anywhere, and the Democrats are experts at using it. So let's use the tools that they are using to our advantage and try our best um, to get ahead of them. Uh, Republicans, if you know you're not going to be in in town— Make sure that you're going and, and getting an opportunity to vote absentee. Get a mail-in ballot. Um, bank your vote. Whatever it is that you need to do, we need to do that. Only then can we expect our legislators to be able to have the tools to deliver for us mm-hmm. on everything that we want. Uh, but until then, um, you know, if we're not getting to the polls and we're not uh,
0: canvassing for them, door knocking, phone banking, etc., then we really can't complain. And, and J.D., I, I can only say amen mm. to those comments because I've been singing – Uh, from this hymn book here for the last three years, okay, in that we cannot – it's like running a 100-yard dash against an opponent that you're giving – a 60-yard head start <laughs> to. We're giving the Democrat 50 days to get out their low propensity and mid-propensity voters to make their votes count, put mm-hmm. them in the bank, so to speak. And we decide, oh, we're going to wait because right. we're going to squeeze it all in in 13 hours on election day. Right. And As we've seen over the last three years, it's just not enough. No, you know? it's not. And here we go into what I believe are critical elections in 2024 mm-hmm. You know, for the White House, You know, for the U.S. Senate seat here. I mean, Republicans currently do not have representation in the U.S. Senate. Yeah. You have Bob Casey who, you know, uh, whenever he decides to show his face so you don't have to find him out <laughs> with a milk carton, you know, uh, it's just exhibited a, a complete lack of leadership. I mean, when John Fetterman, you know, is um, displaying considerably more leadership, right. you know, not even a year in. <laughs> have to give credit okay? where credit's due, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it just shows how ill-served we are. By uh, Senator Bob Casey, who's mm-hmm. been in the Senate for 17 years, you know, in one of the most consequential states in the country, the right. Keystone State. Yes, and yet you can't name a single piece of consequential legislation right. this guy has had, you know. I mean, I, you know, that if I were doing memes, you know, I'd do one with like <laughs> Chuck Schumer behind him <laughs> yeah. with like his hand up his back. Sure. Right. Sure. You know, sure. as a puppet, because essentially that's what, uh, you know, what Casey is. And when we talk about all these problems, that we're facing, I mean, you know, the problems with inflation, the problems with high energy prices, the problems we've had with supply chain, mm-hmm. the problems with the cost of higher education, the problems, I mean, you name it, I, I, the foreign policies, it's a wreck. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, finally, after 130 attacks on fellow servicemen right. in the Middle East here, you know, uh, the Biden administration decides, well, we'll announce that we're going to do some <laughs> strikes. So they do 73 strikes and only kill five. I, I mean, you, I mean, how do you do that? Ah. Okay. I only kill five of the Houthis that have been taking and tying up uh, the sea lanes, shipping lanes in the Red Sea. And then you have two million, two million Houthis out there marching in the streets mm-hmm. out there. You know, again, the death to America, the whole bit. I mean, so our foreign policy is a mess. Right. We're seen as a joke. We're weak abroad, in addition to all these other things. And, uh, you know, Bob Casey. Was along for the ride every step of the way, right. supporting yeah. you know uh, Joe Biden, voting with him like ninety eight, ninety nine percent of the time. It seems to me, Sam, that the only thing that that Senator Casey has done
1: um, during his ten years as a senator really is just going around and stumping for fellow Democrats, uh, rather than actually getting down to the, the you know the brass tacks of the job, and that's serving his constituents. Uh, you know, as a senator for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and, um, I, I think this is a, a great opportunity for us to mention that we have uh, what what looks to be a very promising uh, candidate in. Dave McCormick,
0: oh, phenomenal uh, candidate!
1: Exactly, absolutely, you know, and so I'm very excited. Uh, um, and uh, I know you are, Sam. But yep. I'm on board for uh, Dave a thousand percent, and really looking forward to his candidacy. For the first time in a long time, I feel a little bit of hope. I feel some optimism whenever it comes to the Senate race.
0: No, Absolutely. I I believe, you know, when all is said and done, Dave McCormick is going to be the next U.S. Senator from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and I believe Pennsylvania is going to be the better for it. Absolutely. You know, but again, these are feelings that we have. These are Mm. thoughts that we have based upon what we know at the time and our experience with the man. Right. And knowing, you know, the type of character that he Mm. exhibits and the knowledge and expertise he has, you know, but we have to make it happen. Right. Right. But, J.D., you and I can't do it alone. No, you know, even with John and Daryl's help, we can't do it alone, right? We need all of these folks that are listening mm-hmm. to make sure that they get out, that they help, that they give money if they can to help support the party and our candidates, right. that they take and come out to vote, that they make sure that their family, their friends, their coworkers, their parishioners, okay, mm-hmm. that they're registered Absolutely. to vote, All right. that they come out to vote. Yeah. I mean. It's- Something that's really easy,
1: too, Sam, Mm -hmm. forgive me for interrupting you here, is that I understand that money's tight. So you might not have money to donate to a campaign, but you know it's free, other than those things you just mentioned, too. Social media, and you want to talk about uh, Mm -hmm. engaging with young people, is so critical to our success uh, whenever it comes to winning the Republican campaign. uh, races here in 2024 uh, in the White House for the U.S. Senate, and just liking or sharing a Facebook post or a Twitter post, that's free, and that's going to get the word out to, right. to a lot of people, especially young Amplify people. Amplify that message. It creates that echo Bingo.
0: chamber that the left has owned exactly. for so many years. Yes. I don't know. I was tweeting out on uh, Friday, <coughs> yesterday, I was tweeting out that there's a—the uh, Biden administration has renominated renominated a guy who has— Served and, and 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 supported a really anti-Semitic, a grotesque group. You know, I mean, giving money to them. Mm. I mean, he's a spokesman for them. He's an attorney for them. Yeah. The whole bit. And it's incredibly ill-served to be a federal judge, a judge for life on mm. the Third Circuit, a circuit which oversees Pennsylvania. Here, shameful. You know, it's it, it, you know, and also what he did. He, there was a uh, Julie Sue. Uh, from california had been nominated to be the head of the labor department and uh and i believe that that had been withdrawn temporarily he's renominated her and he's trying to take and use an executive action to put in place a law Mm -hmm. that they had passed in california which has been repealed which basically destroyed the gig economy out there okay he wants to do this thing nationally and i think the other the other part the thing that just Drives me crazy is they talk about defending democracy, yeah. right? Right. And and you know they couldn't do a better job of tearing down democracy if they tried. They don't follow the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They try to get their political opponents prosecuted and thrown in jail. Right. They try to take them, have them removed from the ballot. I mean, when we in the United States or the United Nations monitor third world country elections, mm-hmm. these are the things that we look for. Isn't that crazy? And these are the things that the Biden administration is doing. They take and they politicize and weaponize the federal government federal bureaucracy scary time and stick them on their opponent. yet yeah, they it absolutely it's frightening yeah okay you know uh, and you look at things here i mean in allegheny county you know i've been told i've been given a heads up that this uh new county executive is going to want to put drop boxes and satellite voting locations all through the county now the former county executive Richard Fitzgerald, he and i didn't mm. agree yeah on everything, but to his credit, he would reject that and say, look, we have a drop box on every street corner. It's called a mailbox. Right? You know, there's no, everyone has complete access, Mm -hmm. you know, to elections, okay, or to voting here. But this is what the left is going to do. You know, they talk about defending democracy, but here they're subverting it. Yes. You know, we have people that are concerned about the electoral electoral integrity uh, and the security of our elections, and these folks are trying to take and um, make it appear as less secure or introduce risk into the system.
1: It's definitely uh, less secure. We know that absolutely, but uh, that's why I'm going to reiterate one more time that look at the lengths that the left is willing to go to to, to win elections. Uh, we need to use uh, the tools that they have, and I don't mean the tools um, that are illegal or questionable. Right, cheating, but I, mean, right. I mean every uh, thing that's on the rule book. We need to take a close look at and say how can we use this to our advantage without breaking the rules or skirting them.
0: No, and, 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 and I think what's key, and our folks don't seem to understand because I get all the complaints. I was talking about you know folks on our side that are criticizing and their expectations. You know, I someone sends me a text yesterday, right? And I'm on his text chain that these guys creates, but he's there complaining about something Republicans did and saying, this is why we need to stop giving money mm. to the parties of politics. I mean, guys, there's a lot of things you don't like, but we can't change them if we don't win elections. Right. Okay. And you're suppressing the Republican vote mm-hmm. is not the way to win these elections. Sure. You know, we need to get behind our folks, put the best candidates we can find forward and support them. Right, right. You know, yes, we need to hold them accountable. We need to ensure that they take and they deliver on the promises they made to us when they campaigned and, you know, during the election cycle. But again, we need to support them, you know, to get them there because if we don't win these elections, Mm -hmm. we're not going to be able to change anything.
1: You know what I think is a great way for us to get them to, Sam? It just Mm -hmm. came to mind, too. I want to say, you know— I always hear this from the left. representation matters, right? Well, let's talk about representation of conservatives in Democrat left strongholds, uh, say, like the Pitt, uh, city of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. excuse me, or in an Allegheny county type of situation where you have a um, a radical county executive now who's really taking yep. you guys for a ride, and I'm sorry to see it. Um, we were we were rooting for joe rocky from from the north and and uh, he ran a great campaign. He's a phenomenal boy, candidate. Tell you. Um but let's talk about representation in the city or in Allegheny County. Look at those great volunteers. The <laughs> that just went to a uh, homeless uh, encampment uh, in Allegheny County and, and went and cleaned it up because the city of Pittsburgh um, and the county executive decided that those weren't things that they were interested in, in having done. Uh, you had uh, some great volunteers. Scott Pressler, of oh, course, well, well, made let's, his let's, way.
0: Let's throw a shout-out to those guys. You yeah, had the, the the Scott Pressler, right. the Johnny Appleseed of mail-in ballots and registering Republican voters. Certainly. You know, Bobby Har. Yes. You journalist, Eyes on Pittsburgh. Eyes on Pittsburgh. Excellent had job. He Aaron Coper. Yes, you know, chairwoman of the uh, Allegheny County Council of Republican Women? Fantastic. Uh, I mean, you had uh, Todd McCollum, chairman of the, of the city committee here, the Republican committee. Yeah, we got to give him a you shout. Know, to C- city of Mike Pittsburgh. Noah there. Formica yep. of Turning Point also USA. Turning point, sure. yeah. South Park chairman. I mean, these are folks that went into a homeless area and cleaned Clintista. this thing up. Tista Dasgupta. Oh, yes. Let's not yes, forget tista. about her. The the new right, new city committee person. I so, recently had the pleasure of connecting
1: with Tista on uh, on social media, and that's that kind of uh, youthful energy that, that we're talking about that we really well, want to see.
0: See, and we talk about how do we connect with the youth? Folks like Scott Pressler, yes. have figured that out certainly. You know, and, and when I talk about patriots, mm. I mean Scott is a true patriot. Here is a guy that is traveling the country, you know, sleeping on couches, right? You know, going everywhere. I think he's in, I think he was in Penn State yesterday. Yeah. He was up in Penn State. He'd been in Pittsburgh on Thursday, nonstop. And uh, yes. he left that cleanup to yeah. go to Penn State yes. to engage with young people at Penn State University. Yes. I mean, it's just, the, the, folks, that's what service is about. That's what putting country right. above self is about. You know, even John Kennedy was a, a Democrat, but he said that's not what your country can do for you, but what you can, you can, can do, do for, for your country. country. You know, and uh, Scott Presser. It's epitomizing, Certainly. you know that right now. So no, I, yeah, we absolutely have to give a shout out to those guys. Yeah, I mean Scott has been back here a number of times over the past few years. stuff. Uh, I mean, I he's a great friend. All in for Pennsylvania. You know, he in.
1: understands that as Pennsylvania goes, so does the White House, and let's face it, so does Washington. In exactly. General, right. Um, exactly. He understands that. He's put a ton of of time and work in, and I've gotten the pleasure of, of getting to know Scott, and I call him a, a personal friend now. But uh, since mm-hmm. two thousand and uh, Eighteen, uh, you know, I've been. Um, in fact, I met Scott at a Pittsburgh cleanup in two thousand eighteen. Oh, wow, okay. That's how I got started, uh, uh, you know, working with him. And and um, what a great example for uh, younger people in our party, or for people in general. Um, and, and you know what I think is really refreshing about Scott too is that. Although he's right leaning and he's a conservative and true patriot, he has such a way of being able to unify people across party lines and from all different walks of life to uh, really focus on the things that matter. You know, it's not about the social justice stuff. Right. He could focus on um, things like the LGBTQ uh, catchphrases and buzzwords mm-hmm. if he really wanted to, but this is a guy that's. Concerned about the health of our nation, uh, fiscally uh, and otherwise, you know this, this guy is doing the work.
0: And, and Scott is—he exhibits a positive attitude. Yes. So even when he's, you know, he he thanks people on social media who give uh, credit to his work. You know, or appreciate what he does. He also doesn't respond negatively to people who criticize. Yeah, and how you know?
1: difficult that is, Sam. You oh. know, being in this business, and uh, I hate to call it a business, but that's what um, you know. Not that you and I treat it as a business, but but a lot of folks have turned it into this this circus where you you are constantly having to go back and forth and defend every little thing or defend yourself against uh, uh, some really awful. Um, oh. threats sometimes. And it the easy thing, of course, would be to lash out. Um, and as Marines, of course, you know, we're willing to meet those challenges. We're
0: willing to lash back. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, bring it. Right? You know? But, yes. but, but yes. Scott sets a great example for us yes. as a unifier.
0: Well, J.D., I can't thank you enough for being on our show today. I mean, as always, folks, when we're having fun, when we're having a great conversation here with a great guest like J.D. Longo, uh, time flies. So we're just about out of time. J.D., you want to say hi or say anything to the folks before we go?
1: Well, first, I just want to thank you all very much for having me. It's an honor always to, to be with fellow Republicans and like-minded individuals, patriots. And uh, I, I just want, in closing, to, to tell you all that are listening, please make sure that you're getting motivated and you're getting ready to get out the vote here for 2024. Very important year for us. And we're all looking forward to working with you and, and getting our nose to the grindstone and getting it done for America.
0: Well, folks, you heard it from JD. As we leave you with a joint simplify, <laughs> you know, yep. let let's get it done, folks. Until next week, this is your host Sam DeMarco, the elephant in the room on WJAS thirteen twenty AM.